Hello, everybody. It is great to be here today. My name is Gary Fowler, and this is another edition of GST Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've done 17 startups. I've been involved in two unicorns. I was on the original management team of Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also EVA.ai, an AI HR tech company. And as you probably know, I love artificial intelligence and quantum computing. I am the CEO, president, and co-founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in Silicon Valley with connections and companies in 38 countries around the world. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but the opportunities aren't. We want to make a difference. And with that, I have my incredible friend, uh, Dr. Marin Schweitzer, who is a you know, what a wide background. Not only does she have a, a doctorate, but she's a, a pilot, a jet pilot in DeSaults. She comes from the Schweitzer family. They started in 1849 in electronics, um, one of the top Atlantic electronics manufacturers in uh, Germany. So she's currently located in Singapore, loves technology, loves AI. And with that, I'd like to bring... Dr. Schweitzer, my friend Marin, on. Hi, Marin. Hello, Gary. Hello to everybody. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Good <laughs> to be great. here. <laughs> what time is it in Germany right now? Oh, it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were going to be there. I thought you were going to be in Singapore. So I apologize for that. No so worries. I'm happy to, happy to be on the show. You know, uh, uh, normally, I'm in Singapore, as uh, as you said. Uh, currently, it's my first trip outside Singapore since the pandemic kicked in. So I'm really enjoying seeing friends, seeing business partners, and catching up in person. How does it feel to be back in Germany? Does, how does it feel now since you've been away so long? Oh, the, the, the first travel actually felt a little bit strange. Uh, I felt like a toddler or even even uh, even a little child being excited on the airplane and and uh, coming back to Europe. It feels good. It feels good. Oh, that's great. So I have a question for you. So you went to the uh, Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. Then you went to aviation. I mean, what did you like wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be a pilot, but not only a pilot. I want to be a jet pilot. How did that like... How did what was that progression like? Did you did you like flying always, or how did that come about? Uh, yeah, it's been not an overnight kind of life decision. Uh, I've always been into aviation since I can remember. Uh, my father has been a private pilot, uh, and he took me into the airplane when I was around one years old. Uh, a little a little airfield in the middle of the Black Forest, in the middle of the nowhere. So. I always had petrol and kerosene in my nose and uh, started flying myself at the age of 14. You know, you can fly uh, gliders in Germany uh, before you're allowed to drink a beer. So that's how everything started. And, uh, and then when I moved to Karlsruhe, it's difficult to pronounce it, it's very well, Karlsruhe Institute of Technology, um, I got in touch with, uh, with a little aviation company and uh, then everything ignited. Uh, first, uh, 
I have been washing the airplanes for, for that uh, owner of, of that little uh, taxi company. And then one thing chipped into the other thing. Then I upgraded my licenses up to jet pilot. And then when I moved to Paris and worked for the So Falcon Group, uh, I've also been flying uh, jets from Paris to New York, from uh, Paris to Tokyo and so forth. Very exciting. But I have to admit, the long range flights are a little boring. Now, how was it though flying? Was it interesting? Do you still fly? Do you still fly jets or to keep your rating up or not? No, I don't. Uh, when, uh, when I joined uh, Schweizer Group, Schweizer Electronic in 2005, I had to decide left or right. You cannot do both. Before I've been in the aviation industry uh, for many years and there you can nicely combine flying. Uh, it's not a hobby. You need to do it two days, three days, four days, uh, like the airline pilots a week. So I'm not flying anymore, but I miss it, actually. It's been a good time. It's been a great time. How was it, though? Does it, was it, how far did you go up, Marin? Did you go up 20,000 feet? You know, how far could you go up? What's the ceiling in terms of those types of jets? I don't know what the, the Falcon's capable of. Yeah, the Falcon 2000 uh, and 900, which been uh, uh, the, uh, the aircraft models I've been flying, they go up into the 40,000 feet. Wow. Uh, and above, uh, it's a two-engine and a three-engine uh, model. Uh, they can go long range uh, from Paris to New York. Uh, uh, today's models even go further. It's been it's been really great. And you know, if I think about uh, that time in, in in flying, that gave me the opportunity to to discover Europe first. Because during my studies, I've been working one two days a week for a little taxi aircraft company in Karlsruhe, uh, and that took me. To, to Prague uh, uh, in the Czech Republic. That took me uh, to, to Brünn. That took me then later to, to Moscow, to all the Eastern countries. For me, it was a discovery journey, opening the horizon, seeing a lot of stuff. And it's been pretty cool. Uh, but I relied on my good friends, actually, who helped me through my studies. Because that time, uh, not so digital, uh, nothing on the internet. So you had to have good buddies who hand over you a photocopy of, uh, of the lecture. Really? Wow, that's amazing. And so you were, you know, I read here too, you were, I went down through, by the way, you have seven pages on your, your LinkedIn profile. You got a rather robust LinkedIn, but so you went over to Russia and how was that? How was, when did you go over to Russia the first time? Uh, that's been around 2002 uh, mm -hmm. when I was, uh, uh, in charge uh, of sales for the So Falcon service in Paris. Uh, we reconfigured our setup at that time uh, and strategized and then focused on aircraft management. And the Russian market has been a very high potential market. So uh, we opened up that market in 2002, 3, 4, and 5. Took me to Moscow mainly. And were you doing private, were you flying people around privately or were you just? Were you working in sales, like trying to sell the planes, or what were you doing? No, I was selling actually the aircraft management services, uh, all what you need to have a hassle-free ownership of a jet. Uh, that's what I was doing, and uh, apparently I was flying. I was flying these jets for the clients, may it be VIPs, may it be uh, business women and businessmen, uh, may it be families. Uh, we took many families actually from Paris to, uh, to Long Island. To the Hamptons in summer. Seriously, wow, that's amazing! And so, uh, did you get to meet a lot of celebrities, Marin? 
Oh, there have been really interesting people on board, I can tell. Yeah. Wow, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. And so were they nice? Was it in general, were people nice once they get on the aircraft? Or well, I'm sure because you're the pilot, they're not gonna say anything bad, but how do they act on the plane? Uh, you know, on, on the private jet, it's a very family-style uh, environment. So so the passengers, uh, uh, they interact with, uh, with the cabin crew, they interact also with the flight crew. Uh, you walk around on the long-range flights, you, you have an opportunity to, to get to know each other, to talk Wait, uh, you can personally. Walk Absolutely on, great. You walk around on the plane? You're piloting, right? Or was there, were there, more, than, was there more than one pilot on the Dassault? Yeah, it's a it's a two pilot uh, crew. It's pretty much like uh, like airlines, you know. Oh, I see. Uh, the only difference is that the, the plane is a little smaller. Sure, you're allowed to uh, to walk around, uh, visit uh, visit the washroom, and, and and say hello, or after the landing, interact with your clients. That's that must have been interesting. I bet you, I bet you've seen a lot of interesting things when you were flying. It must be interesting oh, yes, flying across the ocean. Did you ever see anything strange, Marin? When you're going across, I always wondered if you're up front. Is there's like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what that was. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, all the lights uh, over the North Atlantic has been fantastic. Uh, if you go very, very, very high with with the Falcons, you gradually start to see a little bit the shape of our Earth, a little wow. bit already, a little, little, little bit, uh, gradually. And then you you look down, and then you see the ships. You know, those sailboat. Uh, uh, sailboats, the smaller ones who cross the North Atlantic. I sometimes had to pity them uh, in stormy weather, you know. You're yeah. just above everything and you, you look down and you see, oh, that's not comfortable down there, maybe. Yeah, and here you are flying in a beautiful jet across, right, in the lap of luxury. Okay, so you do that. What was the day that you made a decision that you're going to go in the family business? Did it just happen one day or was it over time that you made a decision? How did that come about? Oh, that's been a long journey. Actually, my father has been uh, has been talking to me and first convinced me to go for engineering studies, what I did at the same university as he did. So he was very successful on that path. Then from his point of view, uh, I think I got a little bit lost in aviation, uh, which was a great time. As he enjoyed aviation, uh, he liked it, what, was I, uh, what I was doing. And then uh, I moved to Paris, worked for Dassault. Uh, and at that time, it looked like that I'm just going to follow my career path somewhere else. I didn't want to join the family business uh, immediately after my studies, neither. That felt too easy. And at that time, my heart was not really beating, not, not really beating for the family business. Sure, I liked it. Sure, we've been talking about family business every lunch at home. It's been always business talk, business talk. Actually, uh, I think I did, I did a couple of MBAs. Uh, during my teenage ages uh, with my parents. Uh, my parents took me to Singapore regularly, once or twice a year, uh, as uh, in the 1980s, my father opened the first Asian business at that time. So I had a lot of exposure uh, to a two-hour family business, which is now 6th Gen. Uh, as you mentioned, all started long, long, long time uh, ago in 1849 in the Black Forest with cuckoo clock uh, trading. You know, That's we amazing. all know the cuckoo, the, the cuckoo yeah, clock, right? We, my my uh, mother had one of those Black Forest cuckoo clocks, and I remember I used to shut it off because it would wake me up. It can <laughs> be it can be a little bit annoying. Uh, <laughs> it's like, but, I was like, you know, I wanted to strangle the cuckoo, I gotta tell you. You know, 
we are not doing cuckoo clocks anymore. Uh, uh, the, the family core business is electronics, uh, as you mentioned during the intro. And actually, I have set up and I'm running the family office uh, Venture Capital and Venture Engine Arm in Singapore since 2017. Before, I've been uh, running the show of Schweizer Electronics for 10 years uh, in Germany, in Singapore, in Japan, uh, China, and Vietnam. So I've been around a little bit and I enjoyed it, you know, exploring the world, getting to know people, getting inspired. So as I do when we first met uh, uh, in, a, in a show uh, some months ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you were the CEO, right? You were the CEO of the group, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what made you decide, oh, you're the CEO of the group, what made you decide, like one day did you say, I'm going to Singapore because when my dad took me there when I was a kid, I really liked it. Was it that or what? did you just say I wanted a gateway to Asia? How did that happen? Uh, no, not at all. First, first, I haven't been the CEO when I joined Schweizer. I've been uh, one of the board members mm -hmm. um, when I joined Schweizer Electronic. That's how the electronic business is called. It's a list code, Frankfurt, by the way. And uh, we uh, we then had some difficult times, uh, had to restructure, reconfigure our company. Uh, I've been appointed CEO then in 2007. And at that time, uh, we set up partnerships with a Japanese company first, then with a Chinese company. So the logic step was for me actually to stop remote controlling uh, the Asian business and move closer to where the business is. The, the growth potential is so I moved to Singapore in 2013 for Schweizer Electronics, but I've never been actually in Singapore, if I want to be honest. I just had my place there, my kids there, uh, a lot of friends there, great people, but I've been traveling on the airplane every time, every time. Sounds crazy these days, I have to admit. Uh, Monday, somewhere, once in a month in Japan, then Vietnam, then China. Then back to Europe once or twice. So um, I'm not very proud of my CO2 admission uh, that day. And we've all learned that this is not the way to do it. We can do it differently. I enjoy hybrid uh, uh, environments. That's what we do in our company. Now everything is hybrid work from anywhere. Um, and that's where actually digital and technology comes in. Not only AI, a lot of other topics. No, so, I agree. But you were the CEO for 10 years, I mean, right? And then uh, you made that move. You were CEO from 2007 to 2017, if I remember from your profile. But that's that's amazing. So now tell us a little bit about Singapore. And so what do you like about Singapore? You know, is it a place you're going to stay forever? Is is that your home now? Or what's, how did, um, is it because it's a gateway to China? Or, you know, is it, or the gateway to Asia? What? Why is it important to you? What do you like about it? You know, how is it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's a nice combination of pros, business-wise, family and private, uh, from a private perspective. You know, Singapore is a great place uh, to live. So let me start with private first. Uh, it's fantastic. It's vibrant. It's a city. It's hot. I like it warm. Um, actually, I'm, I'm living at the seaside. That's a great opportunity. Uh, in Singapore to be at the beach, um, but I know I think you also like uh, like uh, seaside seaside locations, Gary. Don't you? Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I you know I just 
love warm weather. Although I got to tell you, man, I lived in Russia almost 10 years in Moscow and I would go, you know, to Vladivostok and up north and it was real cold. It was like, uh, you know, 30 plus minus 30 plus C and it was real cold, but you kind of get used to it. But <laughs> I'm Greek, you know, so on half of me is uh, a Greek American and I just, I don't know, I like warm weather. It's just, you get used to it and it's fun to be able to ride bikes and, you know, enjoy the sea. So I'm, I'm the same as you. Uh, yeah, only uh, I know Novosibirsk a lot because that's been actually the the, the stop we had to make with the Falcon if uh, we flew to, to Tokyo with the smaller models. So, oh, Novosibirsk can be very, very, very cold. cold. <laughs> can be really very, very cold. And you spend a lot of time on de-icing your aircraft after the, the refueling. So back to Singapore. Uh, Business-wise, it's the right place to be. It's the gateway to Southeast Asia. It's where a lot of... Uh, platforms and ecosystems. So that's our focus where we have our investment portfolio uh, set up. It's all in Southeast Asia. Um, Singapore is the right place to be. You have the good talents, you have the governance, you have the compliance, uh, you have your IP nicely uh, at home in, in, in Singapore. And uh, that's why the family office and our venture capital arm is in Singapore. And what kind of companies, so, you know, your your family office, what kind of companies are you interested in? Are they complementary to the uh, family business? Are you looking for other types of investments, AI? I mean, what what's, if you could say like the top three, what's, what's interesting for you? That's a very good question. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a little bit the way how you want to do it. So we are not a CVC, a corporate venture capital fund by definition. So we do have our financial KPIs uh, pretty much like any VC uh, if you look at investment targets. For sure, we have a little bit that strategic play in our mind, but it's not a KPI. So uh, we've been looking into the Southeast Asian uh, uh, landscape purely from a perspective of what is digital, what is platform, what is ecosystem, what is scalable? In mm -hmm. our mind always uh, with the perspective, how do we manage to learn how digital really works? Mm -hmm. I didn't have a real uh, insight on digital ecosystems four or five years ago when I was, uh, was the hardware person and now turned software person. So from hard to soft. Um, so that's what we are doing. We are into telemedicine. We are into marketplaces. Uh, we are into last mile delivery. Uh, it has to be a platform. It has to be highly scalable. And uh, most of our investments, they're actually sitting in Indonesia and Vietnam. Indonesia and Vietnam. Interesting. Because that's where we're finding, for my accelerator, we're finding a lot of companies coming from Vietnam, actually. Uh, Indonesia, Australia, uh, and Africa, by the way. So for some reason uh, today, Ghana, Zambia, Nigeria, Kenya, we're seeing a lot of interesting AI companies coming out of there. And most people don't realize there's 1.3 billion people in Africa. And what a, what a, a burgeoning, interesting opportunity. Uh, so as you're going down through it, so what is the criteria that you, you look? So you're looking for scalable companies. You're looking for companies from... Southeast Asia, we do have quite a bit, uh, few uh, startups from around the world that look at the show. If you were to say, 
you know, what, how much revenue do they need to have? Uh, how do they, you know, how do they fit into your profile? Do they need to be something that integrates with Schweitzer? What, what, you know, what else would they need to have to be able to come to you? The software, right? Last mile delivery. Um, uh, well, a very good question. Uh, well, we are, we are a family office and we are not a VC, so we don't have a very focused mandate uh, to deliver to our LPs. So uh, we, we take it from a more holistic approach. Back to your question, how do we evaluate the companies? So the early stage companies, for sure, they do, they do need to show us uh, monthly average users need to have the underlying growth potential in, this, in the sector and in the region they are operating because Southeast Asia is not Southeast Asia. Each, each country has, uh, has its differences. Um, so, uh, and then we are looking at how much can we de-risk with our own business acumen, expertise, and our talents, our investment. Uh, and we have a close look at, uh, at, at the team, at the talents. Uh, how, how much actually are they involved in the business? How diverse is the, is the management team? Uh, can be can be young founders, can be middle-aged founders. What we find is that uh, most of our, our startups we have invested into, the founders are in their 40s. They had some experience somewhere else in smaller companies, SMEs or MNCs, and then they decided to to pursue their dream and uh, become an entrepreneur uh, with uh, with a very structured while still entrepreneurial approach. And what's the typical check size? I mean, what's the investment range that uh, is interesting for you? Uh, this, uh, well, it, uh, it's in the range from 50,000 USD uh, to 5 million. Huh, uh, what doing. Do they need to have revenue, Marin? Or is it, are, you, are you into those early stage companies that are promising? So 50,000 is probably an early, early stage pre-seed level company, right? Uh, yeah, the 50K, that's a pre-seed level. Uh, they don't need to have revenue. Uh, they don't even uh, need to have a minimum viable product or have run a couple of POCs. If the idea is right and the solution to an identified problem feels right, then we are ready to chip in. Uh, there's no uh, full-fetched due diligence for these investments. Uh, we are helping the startups in their design phase, basically. Uh, more like a venture builder and a venture engine uh, to to help them to to reach the stage uh, where they can show a, a MVP. Have done the first POC with uh, with a lead client, and then mm -hmm. we decide to, to chip in uh, to chip in more money to help them grow. That's yeah, basically so you're, what we you're, do. You're operationally helping them, so you're actually taking some hands-on responsibility, guiding them, advising them. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, that's how we, how it works. Actually, uh, I'm personally sitting on 10 advisory boards of 10 of our startups. We're having a portfolio of 34 currently, uh, the collection from the last four years. Um, we try not to be on governance boards by definition. So mm -hmm. we are not sitting on the board or requiring a board seat. We take it more from the think tank role, from the advisor role. And then we are setting a structured advisory board. We uh, ask... Uh, experts uh, from the industry, from the region or whatsoever to join on the advisory board and help our executives team to thrive and be successful.
No, that's that's fantastic. So you give them the freedom. And what's the goal with the companies? I mean, in terms of are you looking, do they need to have an exit or what what what's the real goal? They get purchased by Schweitzer or what, what's the end goal from your perspective? You know, any option is uh, it's open. If there's a strategic fit and it would help us to uh, develop our core businesses, uh, then we might want to to acquire the company down the road, but we are very patient. You know, family business, sixth gen, 172 years. Uh, we are pretty much the same age like Siemens and older than Bosch, so like the big names. We don't have the rush. We don't need to show uh, uh, that our fund is performing well uh, during during the tenor. So there's really no time pressure. We we are in if you like it. Uh, we uh, we joined the following rounds, uh, and uh, certainly we are having uh, different options. So we are looking at IPOs. Uh, we are looking at other exit scenarios. That's what actually happening a lot in in Southeast Asia now, uh, in the startup space. No, it's and great. Then specs specs might be also an interesting top for Southeast Asia. Not yet there, uh, but uh, Singapore is moving into that direction. Interesting. You know, I, I see it too. I've never seen as much activity in the startup environment as I see today. It's actually, and it's interesting because the level of the companies that we see today are so much better than they were a year and a half ago. It's, um, I think what happened with COVID is that people were sitting around and said, let's work on the startup. There's nothing else to do. And so they started to uh, work on these incredible startups all over the world. And they're really starting to blossom right now and come out. They're really, especially on the things that we're interested in AI, all kinds of different AI technologies, supply chain, manufacturing, uh, robotics, et cetera. It's just, it's incredible. So we're coming up to the top of the hour and, you know, closing thoughts, Marin, and, um, and uh, where can people reach you? You can reach me via LinkedIn on my profile. Please type Dr. Marin Celine Schweitzer because there are many Marin Schweitzers out in the market. Then you'll find me. You'll find me on our webpage, Schweitzer.world. Uh, get in touch with me. We also do have a web form for all the startups to share their ideas and their pitch deck with us to get it into our uh, deal pipeline. Uh, and if not, get in contact with Gary. He knows where he can find me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So nice to see you again. I really appreciate getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, sorry about that. So to my audience out there, I hope you enjoyed the show today. My name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And it was a great honor to have my friend Marin Schweitzer on the show today. For all of you out there, we will be back again next Tuesday with another exciting edition. Stay tuned. Most importantly, stay healthy, stay happy, and stay safe. Tune in again, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks, Marin. I appreciate it today. Thank you. Take care of yourself. See you soon. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, everybody out there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.